Welcome to this Brewery Pro podcast. This is part of Hop Products Australia's 2021 Virtual Harvest Program. Today, hear Owen Johnston's presentation on forward contracting. Forward contracts are a critical part of securing your future hop supply and protecting your brewery from market volatility. He looks at the importance of forward contracts from the perspective of a hop grower and a brewer, as well as sharing some techniques you can use to forward contract responsibly. Stay tuned for a special Q&A with David Baxter, Group Manager of Procurement at Asahi Premium Beverages. David has been in the industry for over 20 years and has a real passion for understanding the supply chain process from end to end and improving it wherever possible. If you'd like to skip straight to the Q&A, check the show notes for time codes. G'day, I'm Owen Johnston, Head of Sales and Marketing. Thanks for being part of this session. I know forward contracting isn't something that many people are passionate about, but it is enormously important to the success of your brewery and the well-being of the broader industry. The past 10 years represents an unprecedented period of change in the hop industry's history. I hardly feel compelled to talk about it. After all, we've all been living through this period. But let's touch on a few highlights though. We've seen the expansion of a new generation of flavour hops, Galaxy, Vic Secret and others from HPA. Hops such as Citra and Mosaic commercialised by John I. Haas from the HBC breeding program in the USA. In the decade to 2019, HPA shifted from 90% of acreage dedicated to alpha production, 10% to aroma, to completely the inverse, more than 90% in modern proprietary flavour hops, less than 10% committed to alpha, supplied into local breweries. Demand for flavour hops was growing more quickly than the hop growers could accommodate, with key varieties remaining tight over many recent years. Perhaps this has been corrected somewhat now, with the macroeconomic shocks driven by the pandemic. At the same time, open market varieties were experiencing a decline in acreage. Famous hops such as Cascade, Centennial and Willamette all taking a downturn. But just because the consumer has driven hop forward styles, the fundamentals of the hop market haven't changed. Basically, we grow for one industry, still brewing. Growers are still as sensitive as ever to the impacts of oversupply and the industry needs a solid foundation from which to plan and execute future crops. Possibly in the past, it was somewhat easier for growers and brewers to plan their hop supply when the consumer market was less dynamic. Regardless of whether it's a brewery opening every day, like in the States, or every week, like here in Australia, it's a staggering rate. Compound that with breweries frequently releasing more than 50 beers a year, also a staggering rate of dynamic marketplace activity. Who knows if their hop contracts will be down, up, or just completely sideways at the end of the year with such a dynamic environment. In response to these trends, we see an increase in spot buying. This can magnify the effects of an unpredictable harvest or a change in consumer sentiment. Let's unpack that statement. In considering the supply side here, as much as we would like it otherwise, we are an agricultural product. We are subject to yield variations year on year. From the demand side, we can have spot buyers coming in for a wide variety of reasons. A considered approach to risk management might lead a brewer to cover most, but not all of her requirement. She'd be back on the spot market for a top up if required, great. Or, fingers crossed, there is unforeseen success for a new beer and the hops you have in the cupboard are just not going to go far enough. That's a good problem to have. These are great reasons to have a proper functioning spot market. Not such a great reason to come in on the spot is because you simply didn't forecast your requirements. 
This adds in demand-driven pressure into the market that can increase the chance of volatility. Hop contracts are a necessity if we ever hope to have a hop supply meet hop demand and a market that is in balance, and this includes a proper functioning spot market. Contracts provide growers with valuable insights into market trends, enabling investment in quality and capacity improvements, and to adjust the variety mix on their acreage accordingly. These factors are clearly mutually beneficial and they allow growers to successfully support brewers. By entering into a hop contract, you're supporting a broader industry by helping prevent shortages and long positions, and at a worst case scenario, the discontinuation of a variety that isn't backed by contracts. Contracts create more certainty and stability in the supply chain. A hop contract is a legal document where two promises are made. It's potentially an obvious point, but an important one to make. A contract is a two-sided agreement. A brewery promises to take possession of and pay for specific varieties and volumes. A supplier's promise to provide those hops available for call-off. In HPA's case, to provide means the full gamut of activities from breeding, cultivating, harvesting, pelletizing, to warehousing and logistics. There is no perfect time to engage with your supplier in contract discussions. Conversely, perhaps any time you are reviewing sales forecasts or recipe changes, for example, that will impact on your hop requirement, this is the right time to pick up the phone and have a chat. If you have an impression of what the normal range of pricing for a variety is, and you get good advice about availability, you are immediately in the box seat to decide if it's the right time to contract or not. Best practice is to take a contract for a full 12 month period for your hops uh, that the brewery uses most often or most predictably. We frequently see three to five years forward when beer lineups are mature or stable, allowing accurate forecasting. And use of the spot market is reserved for one-offs uh, and to cover unexpected demand. Accurate forecasting is important to prevent brewers assuming more obligation than needed, which can lead to contract reworks or the brewery attempting to sell on a secondary market, both of which are somewhat inefficient. The information in this slide is loosely based on the information presented by Terry Farendorf in the new brewer uh, back in 2011, nearly 10 years ago now, but still relevant where the ability to forecast your requirements exists. We recommend the following approach where brewers can accurately forecast and the availability of a particular hop is okay. If you are being told a hop is tight or under demand pressure and likely to be sold out or waitlisted, take action beyond what is shown here. The Brewers Association published an article by supply chain specialist Chris Swersey in May of 2020, focused on communicating with your hop suppliers. It's a short read, which makes it perfect for me. Uh, in reference to accurate forecasting, he notes that the US hop inventories are at their highest ever recorded levels. He comments that it's absolutely critical the brewers are actively forecasting and communicating adjustments required to their hop supplies in a timely manner. This rough planner is for the HPA production cycle. With harvest in March each year, the northern harvest is simply offset six months from this. Let's start in March, where harvest is underway, and by the end of harvest, we are looking to move from projected yields to actual results. With actuals now available, post-harvest, we can begin to allocate volumes to contracts and establish what quantities might be available for the spot market that year. By the end of May, the current crop is becoming ready for dispatch. We are already commencing planning for the next harvest. This planning phase is a critical moment for aligning the variety mix with our market intel and the contracts we are holding. 
What stays, what goes, what gets additional acreage is all fundamentally informed by the contracts we hold and the capacity constraints on the farm. From July on, contracts are normally still open for crop 2022 and forward, subject to our overall contractor position on any given variety. Typically, on the eve of harvest in February of 2022 for this example, we'll cease contracting and have a spell until harvest is in the bale once again and the contracting calendar starts over. HBAC's fulfilment of contractual obligations is absolutely mission critical. We reserve 15% of projected yields uncommitted to sales contracts. This allows for yield variance and ensures we always deliver on our promise. We know overall production, brands and recipes are always changing, so we figure contracts should be reviewed and adjusted regularly. We've touched on a few situations where changes can be trouble for hop supply, so if you're planning for growth, check in often and top up as required. If you're in the situation where you are experiencing stable demand, consider Terry's planner and maintaining a rolling cycle of base load and top ups progressively. A few too many hops, we've all been there. Get in touch to explore your options. We can often help more than you think. After all, it is literally our full-time job connecting supply with demand. Find suppliers that work for you and your business. It's normal for breweries to have more than one supplier. Each supplier will offer a mix of price and other contract terms, so find the best fit for you. And as a final pitch on the virtues of contracting, to not contract is the highest risk strategy in supply chain and could leave you faced with unpleasant choices if hops aren't available. Thank you very much for joining me for this session, and we're going to go straight into live Q&A with Dave Baxter, GM of Direct Procurement for the Asahi Australia Group, including CUB. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that little preso on forward contracting. I might have said at the top that uh, it's not everyone's favourite topic, but I tell you what, some people get pretty passionate about it. So to help me explore this important topic, uh, I'm very fortunate to be joined by Dave Baxter, General Manager of Procurement for Asahi Australia Holdings. G'day, Dave. G'day, AJ. How are you? Very well. Thank you, mate. Thanks again for uh, taking the time to Join us for a bit of a deep dive on forward contracting. Now, Dave is general manager of procurement at Asahi. Uh, he's been in the industry for 20 years or so, um, in roles with Foster's, Treasury Wines, CUB, uh, and most recently now here at Asahi. This career path's been quite diverse and it's taken you around the world um, and uh, some very interesting times based out of London um, and, uh, and, and I, I think just uh, we were talking a, bit, a little bit before about the times, the really interesting times with those companies that you've worked for, the rate of change and, uh, and, and the changes in the procurement space. So Dave, thanks very much for uh, joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. I can tell you about forward contracting from the hop supply point of view, from the growers perspective, but what we really need to round this conversation out is that perspective from the brewery. And uh, Dave sprang to mind, not just because of his ex expertise and long career in uh, the procurement field, but also because diversity is really important and, and can be really channel challenging to manage. And Asahi have not just uh, the big breweries in the group, but also a number of craft brands. So I think Dave's going to have a great perspective on 
some of the challenges and differences um, as it relates to, to planning for big and small and how to go about how to go about procurement. So although the basic principles are the same, um, I expect uh, I expect everyone knows that uh, how those companies behave in different sizes makes a difference. So what I've got, Dave, is a few questions lined up to get us underway, uh, but let's follow our nose a little and um, see where the conversation goes. So I guess dovetailing into this, this uh, long and what I think is a fascinating career path, tell us a little bit about what you've seen change in hop in the world of hops and hop procurement over your journey. Um, no problems. I think um, having to manage more, more varietals it's it been a massive change from, you know, what was literally uh, you know, even just 10 years ago. Um, understanding your numbers better, I think it, it, it's been a massive change as well. And, and working more collaboratively with your supplier base, it, just from sourcing and contracting. I think long gone are the days of set and forget when I used to contract more of the traditional bittering hops. I think you now need to understand the end-to-end -end supply chain. Yeah, that, um, that diversity piece has its impacts on farm as well. And spoken previously about, uh, you know, the same thing when, when we were growing just a select few varieties with a very specific purpose. I think that dovetails into your comment about buying hops just for bittering. Perhaps it was a little less complex, but now that explosion of varieties um, is making everyone's life quite, quite complicated. Do you, you know, you're, you and your team manage a... a vast array of inputs do you think hops uh stand out as unique for any reason and this could be good or bad um look i've always worked with the belief that you, you don't mess around with ingredients um and hops are definitely unique i think especially with the vast variety that's available um and the in the increased interest by the consumer is it good or bad for me it can be a bit of both um, however you, you need to ensure you have a good understanding of hops and their risks and opportunities um, for sourcing. You're saying you, know, you need to stay connected with, with how those hops are performing from the consumer's point of view as well? Most definitely. Um, I think that, you know, given that, you know, even 10 years ago, you could probably say only a handful of consumers would know what a hop variety was. Um, now they're actually going out sourcing beers based on hop varieties, which I think is absolutely awesome. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's very, you know, in, very unique in terms of way of how we have to source now our, our hop varietals um, and get to understand hops a lot more better. Mm. Yeah, that's um, that's absolutely true. The the um, the traction or the the um, kudos that a variety named up on a beer can have now is completely different to a decade ago. Uh, you know, I, and and having that sort of three sixty perspective on. The supply chain right out to performance and consumer acceptance you know it's, it really does talk to the complexity of it nowadays um how do you stay across this sort of complexity you know we've got supply and demand we've got price of course um uh priority in the brewery so you know in terms of like some recipes are built around this hop and you might be able to swap a few things around down below but this hop has to be there you know that sort of priority given that nowadays each variety might have a different set of those variables look i think it's it's super important to um to have strong stakeholder engagement throughout the business and with the external suppliers uh, we have a fairly good understanding of which products are generally going to exceed expectations or 
So we hold regular supply meetings to talk through risks, opportunities. I also like to think we engage well with our suppliers so they're aware of what we have in place for future growth because it's it's important uh, to, to measure up. So that piece around, you know, having, uh, and you mentioned at the start, knowing your numbers, being across your numbers more and uh, being able to chart the course of a particular product, a particular skew with a, with a, with a hop makeup in its, in its recipe and being able to communicate that to stakeholders internal and in the supply chain to, um, to ensure that a hop supplier can go with you. Yeah, correct. Yeah, look, um, it, 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 a big piece is planning and, and, and comms. Um, failing to plan is planning to fail. Um, and, 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 yeah, if you can't communicate it properly, you know, internally, with your sales teams, your, you know, your planning teams, production teams, and also with your suppliers, it, it, it makes it very hard to grow. Yeah, and, um, and, and, I, and I guess that, that the whole system, that whole that whole ecosystem there gets pressurised by the fact that that beer might have a hop named up on the label. Now, in that situation, uh, you know, you know, we've spoken about the diversity and moving away from basic bittering. Now, HPA's story has been told quite well. We have pivoted our acreage entirely away from growing bittering hops now. We're 100% focused on our modern flavour and proprietary varieties. Uh, that that story itself isn't that unique. We've also seen information out of the US growing base where um, they used to be 75% alpha, 25% aroma. That's now flipped. Uh, and although the number escapes me at the moment, the percentage of that aroma base that is proprietary varieties is also now very high. It's probably not the HPA situation. We're a little bit different, but, but uh, you know, I say um, in this way where you've got proprietary material from hop growers plus hops being more in the consumer's mind and even named up on on uh, on individual beers How, what do you what do you see the future of proprietary hop varieties looking like um well you only need to walk into your local to see how much this has changed and the amount of choice the consumer has so look i, look, I totally get it when a hop supplier wants to protect their varieties when you develop something like galaxy course you want to protect it but i'd love to be able to source it everywhere well yes however i guess if it was readily available would it be as popular um so however does it influence the approach to a to a certain degree yeah i think it does but it should never stop you i don't see it as bad for brewers um i think you know if you look at the wine industry although not proprietary they deal with limited supply all the time so you make what you can, you ensure you have good planning programs in place and also key relationships with your suppliers. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting analogy. And um, yeah, I, I think I'm probably a little biased, but I think it's understandable why a grower would try and protect its IP around a variety. And, and certainly you see that across agriculture, modern agriculture nowadays. Um, from from the planning perspective, do you think the proprietary hop piece influences the guys tasked with NPD? Because the way I understand it, a lot of the time on the bigger end of town, NPD teams um, are, are almost working with marketing more and the procurement piece comes in later. Do, do you seek to manage the NPD uh, or temper their pursuit of the next great liquid? Um, with a 
with a nod to proprietary varieties and, and access and price and all those things? Yeah, look, it's 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 a good question, um, and you're right. It's it's generally we come sort of further down the track when an NPD has been been looked at. Um, that said, you know what we want to try and do within with our organisation is start having programs or having programs in place to understand what is the next galaxy, um, and that would then initiate what could be the next NPD. So there's other work that we do in the background to, I guess, um, help MPD come to life. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's take it a little further. So brewers typically get in trouble in a couple of ways, um, good and bad. So bad being when they're long and good when they're unexpectedly short because of the, of the success of a product. Uh, can you shed some light on how you handle um, unexpected success? Let's focus on that for a moment. Yeah, look, it's a problem, a, a good problem to have, but it is a problem. Um, again, look, you need to ensure you stay close with internal stakeholders within your business. It shouldn't be a surprise that a particular product has a unique hop and that it has limited supply. However, it does happen. Um, and it also cements the reason you need to have good stakeholder relationships with your suppliers. So when you do have to make that call and see if there is any volume available anywhere, you, you might get lucky. However, I also think there's, there needs to be more education with our customer base as well, not consumers, but our customers, so that when you do sell a beer that it has a unique hop varietal, they're fully versed on the potential limited supply which you know helps make the conversation easier when when you're unable to supply after you know really high growth yeah so that so that yes important distinction your customer different from the consumer so that they understand that this product's going to roll out into the sales network whether it's um a little differently from a beer that is you know unfettered access yeah definitely we we focus a lot of education on consumer um, but that, that, that middleman, that customer um, that's purchasing to sell to those consumers um, may not have the same education on limited supply or unique hops. For sure, absolutely. And, and I guess the proprietary theme winds its way in here as well. Do you, you know, your, any brewing company doesn't want to hold up the volume expansion of a good brand that's growing and growing rapidly and going to be a really successful thing. Do you think the ability of bigger breweries is is hampered in recipe flexibility little brewers i feel are more agile and, and may well be able to flip their recipes yeah yes to a certain degree yes um, you are limited if you if you do have a unique or proprietary hop and you can only get um you know x amount um it does limit your capacity to to be able to uh, put through those bigger breweries um, so it's basically go back, goes back to planning. Um, you just got to make sure that you've, you've, you've planned for that growth um, accordingly. And am I, am I just being naive? Is it different in small breweries? Do you think, do you think they um, are under the same pressure or, or less pressure to deliver that hop forward consistent profile every time? Um, Look, I, I think they're still under pressure. I think it's a different different type of pressure, um, and you know they they've got they've got the ability to do a lot more smaller runs, smaller sizes. Um, but if they do have a product that that is going well, and they only have access to a certain amount of hops, 
it's the same issues as, as a big brewer as well um, that we you know that we can do. But um, yeah, look, it's it, it, it's a, it's an interesting one for between the larger and and, and the smaller brewers. But yeah, look, it, it's a concern or it can be it can be an issue for for either. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess moving on to you know potentially the elephant in the room with hop contracting, and that is what happens when you're long what happens when you over contract what what strategies do you have in place um look it's never good however it's something that occurs uh year on year doesn't matter how big you are um you need to have plans in place to understand what you can do if you if you do have excess hops and, and you're not wanting to what right off um those smart businesses you know can use long positions as a way to launch new products to help mitigate any risks but again, by, by ensuring it's not a surprise and working through the scenarios within your business and with your suppliers is the best way to lessen the impact. Yeah, and we, you know, HPA is a, a particular case in point about people working back with us in situations as, as we inherently are the, you know, single point of supply. It's, it's, it's both an opportunity and an obligation uh, that we feel very strongly in our contracts to um, you know, commit to help, trying to help, trying to trying to resolve people's uh, long positions. But I tell you what, you're absolutely right about um, the role of uh, timing in it and not being surprised by a long position. And um, I think it's the, the brewery's opportunity, or and certainly it increases our chance of success to help rehome long positions when we're well in advance of the actuality arising. Now, again. This is asking for uh, asking for everything, isn't it? That uh, that people's data is perfect and uh, beer sales are nice and steady. And I think it's less and less like that. I look, totally agree. Um, and it's 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 about that that relationship. I think yeah, with with the, the customer and supplier, that uh, it, 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 it's key. So you can have those discussions. It, it's that comms plan, um, but also bringing the supplier on the journey uh, with with that brand and growth. You know, so. And or if you are going to be long, um, having that supplier on the journey with you to say, you know, in eight months' time, we might be in, in a bit of a long long position here on an X hop, and uh, um, you know, what can we do? Yeah, absolutely. And tell me, um, what's the role of of working with multiple suppliers in this in this complex hop landscape? Do Do you think breweries of all sizes should work with multiple multiple suppliers, or is there strength in putting most of your eggs in the one basket, so to speak? Yeah, another good question. Um, look, you need to understand the risk. Um, if, you, if your supply chain of hops supports your business plans and growth and you have a good working relationship with your supplier, then why change? However, if there is risk to you achieving your growth projections or even your current production plans, then it makes sense to mitigate that risk and work with multiple suppliers. Look, I, don't, I do not see the harm in it and sometimes it's essential. I'm all for competition and it can be healthy for the customer and supplier. However, it's also super important to ensure you have the right relationships with the right suppliers because that's going to help you grow. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. One of the messages we've been um, out to our customer base here in Australia with where we service breweries direct from HPA is um, stay in touch and, and also with your hop supplier find hop suppliers that fit your business and fit your needs and whether that's uh, a level of flexibility including not even contracting and this sort of thing 
find those suppliers and stay in touch. And I think that goes to the heart of, of what you've been driving at. Yeah, most definitely. I think, you know, for me, supplier relationships is key and I've ingrained it within all my team. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it fits the mantra of sustainable procurement um, where it has to work for both parties. If so, if HPA, you know, gets it gets efficiencies, then it hopefully comes passes through to us. So if we can work together collaboratively, and that you know, and we're successful, then HPA is successful, and 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 that goes with other suppliers as well. It's it's a it's a mutual relationship. Yeah, it definitely is, and and um, you know, the impetus for HPA to um, try and encourage full contracting is absolutely about about risk management and uh, at, at our heart we are still a farming business and uh, we all know the inherent risks around agriculture and we need confidence to go ahead and continue to plant up and expand and contracts are a fundamental pillar under our confidence um, to manage the risk in further expansion to try and bring more proprietary hops uh, to the market so we don't uh, we don't have to deal with um, you know persistent short supply so though We've got this complex landscape of hop varieties now. Um, more than sprinkled in is the proprietary um, and a issue around um, and a lack of, uh, you know, access across across the supply side. Do you think a brewer of, <clears throat> regardless of size, do you think a brewer should feel pressure to contract every hop? Um, no, nah, look, I, I don't think they should feel should feel pressure. However, they should understand what the risk is. Um, those hops that are unique and critical to your brand may need protection in the form of contracting out. Um, I know for us, we, we contract out our critical hops and have certain guardrails on the percentage we contract out with. I think it also helps with the supplier slash grower um, so they can work out, you know, towards ensuring supply and keeping costs down. Um, so, look, it's, it's, it, can, it can be a bit of pressure there, but it, it, it's understanding your risks um yeah ensuring your, your your comms and your strategies in place and communicating that with with, with your supplier absolutely um dave two um two questions from me questions without notice what's your favorite beer at the moment oh, it has to be uh mountain goat goat fabulous and can you you know through your through your journey can you can you tell me um you know a, a moment in time a relationship a supply piece executed well um you know that you're super proud of that that sort of encapsulates what we're talking about here to you know where you've had success with planning and execution and relationships were important is there any any and it doesn't have to be hpa or even hops um is there any situation there that springs to mind I think uh, look, just recently you might have seen some um, media coverage on what Asahi's doing with uh, barley um, and going direct to growers. And I think that's a really important program that we've just put in place. Um, it's about sustainability. It's about understanding where our agricultural products come from and working with growers. So for me, you know, I'm super proud of what we've, what we've initiated um, late last year and into this year and in the future for sourcing barley within Australia. Um, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, everyone in my team and, and, and within the society organisation should be proud of. Yeah, I've been, uh, been keeping up with that in the, in the press and it, it is a fantastic story and it does, um, 
you know, it does tick a bunch of those boxes, you know, coming closer to the, to the agricultural base and, and under, mutual understanding between supplier and farmer and, um, uh, you know, an opening of new communication channels to, to stay um, aligned for the long run, which is, which is all about what our attitude to farming and working with our customers is. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. We're, um, we ask a lot of our audience to stay with us for a half hour chat after a 10 minute presentation. Um, I really value your insights and thank you for making yourself uh, available to share your experience um, with, our, with our audience. I'm, I'm sure uh, this will become one of our most watched uh, presentations. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty hot topic um, out there in, in hop land. It's my pleasure, mate. It's, uh, it's been great to have a chat with you about it. Excellent. And uh, with the uh, borders reopening and whatnot uh, post-COVID, I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll be able to have a beer soon. Yes, definitely looking forward to coming down and having a beer with you, mate, and with your HPA team. Excellent. All right. And um, yeah, put it in the diary. Come on, Farm 2022. Most definitely. All right, Dave. Thanks for joining me, mate. See you later. Cheers. Thank you. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.